Hey, New York City, are you having a party and want your guests to take home Polaroid photos of those fun memories? Um, yeah. The best choice is Oshnap NYC. Photo wall setup, cleanup, printing, all included. Go to OshnapNYC.com or on Instagram at OshnapNYC. That's O H S H A N P. Hi, hi, and hello. I'm your host, Keith Arthur, and welcome to Career Expo, What You've Always Wanted to Know, the podcast where each week I interview someone of a different career. Ever wonder who the person behind the mic is when you go to a baseball game? This week, our guest is an in-game sports host. He's an ordained minister, he was a part of the world's largest silly string fight in South Carolina, and he's a new father. Please welcome to the podcast, Nate Courant. Nate, Nathaniel, how are you? Quite, quite an intro. Accurate, but when I hear it back to back, it's, uh, yeah. It's well, I, I said three facts and you went for it. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know they'd be snacks so closely. Um, so, my dear Nathaniel, um, we've known each other a very, very long time, and I have been bugging you to come on my podcast, and it's funny, this is my first one since I have been in the hospital for 8 billion years with appendicitis. So, but I'm actually not worried, because you are, you have the gift of gab, so this will be a nice little, uh, back into the, back into the, the mic in the room, we'll say. I know, I'm really, it's gonna be hard for us to not step over each other, because we both like to chat. We're both hosts, you know, we yeah, both. Exactly. <laughs> no, I'm really excited. Um, but this is about you, so let's start with just you, uh, telling us a little bit about how you grew up, where you grew up, and then what got you into, like, sports announcing and being a host. Yeah, um... I grew up in Florida um, and, you know, lived here the, the majority of my life. Uh, really didn't go that far uh, from where I was born to where I went to college. Uh, and, you know, just it, it's been a, a nice tan lifestyle so far. Um, and then I worked at the University of South Florida. Uh, I'll give you the highlights, but, you know, we can go back further. But uh, I worked at the University of South Florida and did some of their public address announcing. So that's more behind the scenes, just the voice, you know, that kind of echoes through the ballparks or, you know, the stadium. And I did it for like a season. I was like, man, this is really fun. And so I Googled um, PA jobs, you know, public address, PA jobs. And there was one that came up in the middle of a place called Normal, Illinois. And uh, the quick version is I applied for that and didn't get it. And when, uh, they emailed me back. It was actually, as you will remember, we play volleyball on Monday nights. So when I got uh, the email, it was Monday night after volleyball, and I don't know if it was still my um, adrenaline flowing or whatever, but they were very nice. But, you know, I just sent an email demo reel, and they were like, you know, we have three people we're going to pursue. They all live here. And uh, I sent them back an email that said, yeah, I appreciate your time. Thanks so much. Good luck with everything. Um, I said, candidly, I find it hard to believe that you found three people better at this than me in Norma, Illinois. I said, but, you know, uh, you know, obviously all the best. <laughs> and uh, they responded. I guess they liked my enthusiasm. I'll put it a positive spin. And uh, they said, well, hey, we, we are going to try them out. You know, we would love to have you possibly still try out, but we need you here. And so I um, bought a plane ticket. And on Good Friday, I don't remember what year it was, but Good Friday, I got to the airport not even – Early, or not even bright, but I was going to say bright and early, but not even bright. It was very, very early, very dark, and I somehow missed my flight. 
And, uh, you know, it's not even 6 a.m. and my day is essentially already over. I've missed my flight. I've missed my interview, all that. And so uh, I still went through security and just was like, maybe I'll figure something out. I talked to the people at the gate and they were like, I can get you another flight, but it's out of Fort Myers. Um, and you'll have to go, you know, right now because it's whatever, two and a half hours away. And so I had, a, you know, again, a very early morning to make a choice of this is something I wanted to do. And so I said, now nah, let's go for it. Let's see what happens. And, you know, then I'll now I'll fast forward. But long story short, flew there, flew back, ended up getting the job. And uh, it's, it's wild to think that, you know, you and I wouldn't be talking about this today if maybe I just go, man, this isn't worth it. Clearly this was a sign and I just drive home, you know, maybe everything changes. And uh, so it was kind of fun that, uh, you know, it's, I don't know about you, but I'm sure there's landmarks you can look back on where you go like, if I had gone this way, you know, everything's different. And so for me, it's uh, it was a good front. I, and I even joked with them. I said, you know, I got up to the counter. I said, hey, I need a miracle. I said, uh, I said, you know, what do you have for me? And she goes, oh, blah, blah, blah. And uh, yeah, next thing you know, I'm on a plane and I'm back in Florida and the whole thing. So, yeah. Nathaniel from Florida to Illinois. Oh, my goodness. Wow. I And so we do the, the, the announcing at USF. And I just can't believe that you said that in an email that if you're going to I'd be surprised if you find somebody better in Illinois. <laughs> I know, and you know, like, I, it's, it's uh, like I said, that's why I think, like, was my my adrenaline or whatever? Obviously, you know, we'll, you'll pick up on it for those that are just listening. Like, you know, we like to joke around, but, yeah, it, I don't know what it was, but for something in me, it was just like, it was like, you know, I already lost the job. What do I have to lose? And so I just kind of was, like I said, candid. And, um, again, maybe they liked that candor. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. But it, it is. I know it, it's crazy to think that if I had just said, Okay, thanks so much. Tuck my tail and you know shut the computer. Again, who knows? I might. Man, that's true. Then they even say that. Like <laughs> I haven't even thought about that. Like if I just don't respond to the email, that's a, an end of the story. And if I don't, you know, go to Fort Myers, that's the end of the story. So really, like everything. Maybe I should have gone the other way. Who knows? I'd be a doctor <laughs> right now. <laughs> wow. I mean, I might actually steal that. I'm applying for cruise ships right now, and I might just say, you know, if you can find someone better than me to work on a cruise ship, go for it. But I think yeah. I am like. Cruise material, baby. Anyway, I so know how many people were knocking down the door to move to normal Illinois? But, that's you know. that's very true. I was gonna say Illinois. The, the that's quite quite a climate difference. Okay, so yeah, exactly. Nathaniel, give us a rundown. What is your a good gap definition of uh, what is an in-game sports announcer? Give us the whole rundown of what your job is and your title. Sure. Um, so again, I will. I will always preface that I will try to do this with the short version. It never ends up that way. Um, so my present role, I work for the Tampa Bay Rays as their in-game host. Um, so essentially, I'm the guy on the screen who welcomes fans to the ballpark. Uh, when you see the fun between in games of you know where you know the hat shuffle or um, you know promoting whatever's coming up later in the game or maybe a concert next week or whatever the case might be, it's um, usually me. And, uh, you know, the fans. So introducing the bat boy, or, you know, not the bat boy, but the, um, the kid that says play ball, things like that. So it's um, it's a really fun job. People go, man, you have the best job. And I tell them, yes, I do. And I never, um, I never doubt it for a second. Every day is fun. People say, oh, man, this work, I, it's never been work. It's so fun. I can't believe I get to do it. So that's uh i i love that you, uh, you know i mean you know that i work on a, a bus and i get <laughs> bus tours it, it's kind of the same but you love sports as well so this is like your niche and i do know it that is, and that's and just like you know i know just like you like i go back and not that again the bus is fantastic and I, you know i see all your social media and it looks so fun um but you know 
people about how did you get this job? It's well, I said yes to a lot of jobs that were less uh, exciting, less public, less you know glamorous. Um, you know, I hosted bar trivia, which is you know fun in its own way. Um, I I've done a lot of little things like that that just got you the as you know Malcolm Gladwell says you know ten thousand hours. You got to get your ten thousand hours in. So like I never I never viewed it that way, but um, you know I, I did radio. Saturday mornings, I was getting up at 5 a.m. and I was 17 or 18 or whatever, which is, you know, not easy for a teenager to wake up that early, not easy for adults to wake up that early sometimes. Um, And so, but, you know, all of it kind of just got those reps in of saying all the things you shouldn't say publicly on a microphone and then you get, you know, reprimanded or corrected and then you learn so that now when I got a job like this, hopefully I'm a little bit more wise where I don't have to get to the joke immediately because that may not be funny to everybody. And then, you know, if I had had this job when I was 20, I would have probably had it very briefly. I love that the 10,000 hours to get to where you are now. A lot of, not a lot of people see, you know, all the work that you've done. You know what I would love to do actually is I would love to put you in drag and have you host a drag show. I'm not even I think you'd be so good. Well, you hate I this idea, but I love legs. it. I'm not saying I wouldn't shave my legs. I just don't like to do. So. Oh no, sh- well, that's fine. No, we we can just shave the face. We'll cover everything else up, Nate. It'll be great. Listen, man, I wear this beard to hide my face. <laughs> if 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 you're listening to this, Nate is probably has the most friendly, like a like a goofy dad face. He's just like the most friendly guy. So there's no intimidation. Kind of you, a goofy. <laughs> So, so I, I can be like, you know, I can get a role uh, on a TV show as a side character. Yeah, you you'd be great in like you know all those guys on New Girl, that TV show with Zoe Deschanel. I mean, it's that's you, Nate. You're just and I and I can say this because I've known you forever, and you're you're my. So goof- I would be the Winston in this case, perhaps. Yeah, I don't see why not. You know, you're you're non-threatening, really. I think that's what uh, makes that, you a good host. That's very kind of you. B, I also have many bird shirts like Winston does. <laughs> uh, no, most of them are flamingos. Uh, but yeah, so, well, that's, again, that's the oddest compliment, but I will ride the rest of my day uh, with that knowledge. Thank you. I'm sorry. I have to roast you just because we're, we're no, world pals. So it's my, my mean humor. Okay. So Nathaniel, this is a question I ask every guest is your job. Do you need a college degree? What kind of degree did you get? What kind of training do you need to have the job you have? Um, college degree only in the extent that. You know, again, it looks good on the resume. It gets you in the door. Um, but, again, it's probably not required to be well-educated. I mean, it is positive to be well-educated, but you probably don't need letters after your name to do this job. Um, again, like you said, you worked on uh, the bus. You can do cruise ships. You can host bar trivia. As long as you're, you know, again, comfortable. And that's the thing, you know. Um, Jerry Seinfeld always had a joke of, you know, death is the number two fear. Public speaking is number one. He goes, death is number two. You'd rather be in the casket than giving a eulogy. And so it's like, if you can, you know, conquer the fact that you're talking in front of a lot of people, it's really, you know, it's, it's scary to say that it's, you know, you get really comfortable with it. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think you need the formal education. Obviously, there's things that are really good to, to learn and be well-rounded. But, but no, officially, a four-year degree is probably not necessary would be my, my summation. Just lots of experience and that the number one fear of public speaking. Exactly. And that's, and that's what, so what's always so funny is like when we do these games during, you know, during the ball game, we play these games with kids. And if you're not, you know, cognizant of, of that fact, you kind of step back and forget that, you know, for me, this is just another day, another job, another inning. You know, it's, it's the same game as it was last night or the night before, you know, all that stuff. 
but you forget that, oh no, this six-year-old is doing something terrifying that most adults don't want to do. And if you're not empathetic to the fact that this is a, a child, um, you know, like you're really setting the child up not to be successful, yourself not to be successful. You know, maybe it goes wrong on camera or it's just not entertaining. And so, again, while it is a very fun and very, you know, in some ways very easy job, um, you can get a little lackadaisical sometimes. And you have to, you know, step back and realize that again, this is this is fun, and it's but it's a lot for a lot of people. So it's one of those things. Like I know when I go see something and you see it go wrong, you're like, oh. But usually we see it go right, and then and then when you see it go wrong, you're like, oh, now I can see why it's hard. You get stuck. You get tongue tied. There's a moment something happens technically, and you have to, you know, come up with exactly. something I on love the spot. When it goes wrong. To be candid, uh, which again sounds bad, but like if we do the game. And again, this is where I say, like, the repetition of it, you know, can can become a familiar. And so if, if, hey, I'm doing this game with Keith, Keith, is it A, B, or C? It's A. And we look at the screen, yep, it's A. That's not fun. Nobody's going to remember that. And again, ultimately, you want it to go right. Obviously, we're not trying to set people up. But it's like, I get to have more fun if I go there and I go, all right, Keith, is it A, B, or C? And you go, it's A. And I go, eh, do you want to take another guess? And you go, how about B? And I go, eh, maybe third time's a charm, Keith. And then you go, it's C. And that's, hey, it's C. And now people are, you know, engaged and it's a little more fun and people will come up to, we had a game, um, I don't remember, it doesn't matter what it was, but you had to get three out of five. Well, the guy missed the first one. Then he missed the second one. I was like, hey, you can still win. You still get three out of five. He missed the third one. I was like, all right, you know, posterity. He misses the fourth one. I go, nobody's ever gone perfect. And he missed the fifth one. I was like, this is the best day ever. I said, zoom in on him. I said, what a loser, you know, or whatever. That probably wasn't the line, but, you know, something to that effect. And uh, people, like, multiple people came up a week later going, man, do you remember when that guy missed all five? Like, that's something that people remember because it was unusual. The novelty of it, uh, you know, lets it be, be again, a, a better experience. And so there's something to say of, you know, not having that routine. So, Is that how you got Alyssa to marry you? Oh, man. I, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you the truth again, because she will listen to this. Um I will admit publicly to you and to everybody else that I still don't technically think I've asked her to marry me. Uh, um, I got down. I think I got choked up. And then I think she got the gist of it. And uh, and then, yeah, I think here we are. But yeah, technically, I'm not sure if uh, she's ever said yes. <laughs> Alyssa, what a doll. Okay, so Nathaniel, Nate, we're going to get into, I think, what a normal day is like. But before we do that, I want to know a little bit about did you decide you want to do hosting for baseball? Can, if you are a sports host, can you do all different sports? Do you have to be knowledgeable at one? How did you get involved with this? And can you do other sports? Um, me personally or just in general, you're saying? I think both. I think I okay, just yeah. want to, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I think in general you could do, you could overlap. Um, because ultimately, in my opinion, ultimately it's entertainment more than sports. Um, you should have a familiarity um, to the rhythm or to, you know, again, if I jumped in and did, um, you know, a volleyball match and there's a trivia question about, you know, players that I've never heard of, I start saying it wrong. And next thing you know, everybody knows that I'm kind of a dummy and I don't really, and then you kind of lose that credibility. Um, because again, most likely the people that are there are fans who know, you know, they were, they remember for the Rays, for example, they remember that, you know, Dave Martinez hit this ball in 1998. And like, if I don't know who Dave Martinez is, I come off, you know, disingenuous. And uh, again, kind of you lose that credibility. Now, for the average person, they don't know if it's, you know, they don't matter. But, um, but yeah, so anyway, so yes, you could probably overlap. Um, but I think it is important to have the knowledge. And again, most likely, just like anything else, I could do, um, you know, a job like this 
I, I can't even think of an example because I, I do enjoy a number of sports, but the, what's so positive for me is that this is the team that, you know, I grew up with, you know, you grew up with uh, down in Florida. So um, the fact that I get to go there and I, you know, I feel like a kid in a candy shop, like it's, it's unbelievable. I would do it for the Kansas City Royals. I would do it for the Philadelphia Phillies and it would be fine. But, you know, when I worked in Charleston, they were an affiliate of the Yankees. Well, the Yankees are, you know, the big bad, you know, mm-hmm. the evil empire kind of thing. But if they give me a free T-shirt, I'm definitely wearing it. And I want my guys, you know, to, to succeed. But if the Yankees are playing the Rays and I go, oh, man, I want that guy to be successful, but I want the Rays to win. And so, so the fact that it all is a lie, man, it's it's, uh, you know, it's a dream come true sort of thing. I think what's interesting about being a host or maybe like even if you're uh, like a reporter or something is you have to be extremely assertive no matter what your own personal opinions are. And I'm sure it's interesting with sports because you do love this game and you and sports fans are crazy. You know, like I don't know, but I know like people are die hard. Have you ever had a moment where you've had to like kind of catch your tongue because you had an opinion about a call or a player or a team? Oh, absolutely. And it's honestly, it's all the time because you, you get to know these people. Um, at least again, in this role, like in the minor leagues, for example, you know, after the game, we're doing post game interviews. Hey, you went, you know, three for four tonight with a home run. How do you feel? You know, and you do these interviews and you get to know Brandon or, you know, these guys by name and you, you know, they're still, they're the professional athlete, but you're a professional of what you do. And so you, you build at least a respect, um, if not a friendship. And so, you know, you're in the stands and some guy yells out that, you know, this guy stinks or, or whatever the case might be. It's like, hey, no, he doesn't because they, they think they can do better. No, you can't. No, you can't, man. You're 45 and overweight. You can't hit a fastball. Um, and so, you know, you, you kind of, at least in my experience, you've learned to tune it out or realize that most people don't care. They don't believe what they're saying. They're just saying it because that's part of the script of when you're a fan. You get to yell. You get to boo. You know, you get to question things that you have no idea about. Um, it's an odd... Um, you know, it's an odd sort of social contract when you purchase a ticket. Um, and so you kind of let that go. But yeah, there is, you know, just again, on the other side of the coin, you see a guy who's a player who, you know, may not be as successful as you would hope. And he's maybe not the nicest guy. And then, you know, he's given up a run every time he comes into the game. You're like, this guy kind of stinks, but these people pay my bills. So I can't say anything out loud to anybody. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So anyway, yeah, I don't remember even what the prompt that was. But yes, it's, uh, <laughs> there can be some some uh, hot and cold. You know, I don't remember what the prompt was either, but I will say I was listening to your voice. I've always been so jealous of your voice. You have this, like, I'm not kidding you, Nate. And you, again, I, I've told you this before. Even for some auditions, if I have, like, a spokesperson audition, I will, like, I've channeled my inner Nate Current, and I'm like, hey, uh, welcome to, uh, we're selling mac and cheese, or, like, whatever, you know, commercial I'm auditioning for. And you know what else is interesting is if you meet you, like, Nate, in real life, that's how you talk, like, in real life. It's not just for, like, camera or microphone. It's, like, you have this natural radio announcer rhythm. Hey, how are you? Like, it's so interesting to me to be fair though I, I so i started working at a radio station when i was 15 because oh. right behind our school there was a radio station so i would volunteer there in the mornings a couple of days a week and then i would walk over to school and so you know it's a nature nurture sort of thing you know where it probably and again it, you, as you said like now this is just kind of what i sound like but <laughs> it possibly has been cultivated over you know decades um but but yes that's very nice of you of course and honestly i really like you know, as you know, doing acting, well, 
like, you know, yes, it'd be great if I was Tom Cruise or Brad Pitt or whoever. I don't ever get that comparison. I get, you know, quirky dad or whatever you said earlier. But, um, but no, I really enjoy how you talk. And I really, and I know that, you know, we're not doing a tit for tat compliment, but I really enjoy um, kind of the joy that you have when you talk. So, because again, it is, it is very um, engaging. You know, when you do with the buzz, I see your stuff on social. And I'm like, like, how do these people not eat this up? And I, I know that they do. So I think you do a really nice job, which if you need a reference for the cruise, give me a call. Oh my gosh. Yes. I'll put you down as a former, I don't know. We'll make some title up. Um, friend, boss, radio announcer, influencer. I saw a girl online and I can't remember. I'm trying to remember what she called it, but, um, but she basically, she said, you should come up with a business that's um, a referral business, but it's all make-believe. You just, you, you send in your you know, $15 and tell us what you're applying for. And then you give them our phone number. God, I wish I could remember the, the joke because the name was a pun and it was fantastic. And I'll never remember it until it's far too late. But anyway, uh, it's terrible, but it's, business. it's terrible, but it's true. I mean, I, cause it's a lot, I have a lot of friends that I've also worked with. So it's nice. I can say, Hey, can I use his reference? So I'm not lying. I have worked with them, but that would kill that <laughs> business idea. Um, okay. So Nate, here we go. Give us a full rundown of what your day is like as an in-game sports host from clock in to clock out. Do you even clock in or clock out? Give us the whole, what is your day like? So if anybody's listening to this that works in baseball, um, they will appreciate that, yes, I do clock in. Because the joke, now granted, this is a little bit deeper, but there is now a clock in baseball. But previously, there had never been a clock in baseball. So if the game starts at 7 o'clock, you could be there till 9.30. You'd be there till 10, 10.30. The game could go 300 innings. You know, there's no clock. And so when you're working for, you know, $100 a game, you're there rain or shine. And when rain comes into baseball, you're there even longer. So, um, so yes, in this case, I do get to clock in. And it's I, I told my friend Philip this, and he goes, you're clocking. I said, dude, don't. Please don't tell anybody. So, yeah, maybe nobody. Maybe edit that part out. <laughs> yes, so you do clock in. Um, in this role, it's you clock in, um, you know, run upstairs, you get the script for the day, review it. Um, everybody, you know, there's a ton of checks and balances. There's a ton of professionalism. So there's not really usually any question. It's very well um, planned out. Well, and it's scripted, obviously it's script, um, but it is well scripted. If there is any question, I can, you know, run over it with the game presentation person um, or the coordinator or whatever, and then equally run if there's a video component or, or something like that go over to that station and, and say hey do you mind if i see this to see how it runs um just so again so while it's fun to do it live um obviously preparation is is key and so again that's basically it then we have a pre-production meeting um you know often after that we'll run down and, and grab some food dinner lunch whatever time of day of course and uh and then it's showtime. you know you get down on the field you sort of look for contestants and there's obviously there's people who um that is part of their role um but everybody it, it's a cliche but we do like we work as a team um so if i see a guy over on the third base side and the person is on the first base side i go hey i see a guy i think he'd be great and you know then you can kind of vet or at least you know team up um to try to figure it out so anyway um and then yeah and then you execute the game and most likely things are going right on script and as you know, we mentioned previously, sometimes they don't, and that can actually be a little more fun at times. But for the most part, it is really well run, and uh, most often goes off without a hitch. Basically, the the again, kind of the the saying for us is that we do everything that's not the game. We can't.
mm. control anything that happens on the field. We need to make sure that everything separate from that is engaging and makes people have fun and have a good experience. Because again, whether the team loses ten nothing or wins ten nothing, we have no control out of that, over that. So. So you get the script when you first get to work, but obviously a lot of um, what you're showing on the screens and on the mic is a little bit um, improv with the people in the stands. How do you pick a guest in the stand? Do you look for anything? Do you like to pick on shy people or outgoing people? What's your um, process for picking people? Uh, well, again, in this role, it is officially somebody else's job, so I, I try not to overstep, but there are times where you see people that you go, man, this guy would be great. And without using a word like stereotype, but there are certain kind of keys that you can look and go, that guy's a lot of fun. Um, and essentially, that's truly, that's the, the foundation of it is that guy's a lot of fun. That guy's fun, or he's got a good look, or, and I, you know, again, guy, girl, doesn't matter, of course, but like, um, you know, just, you see a kid who's really enthusiastic. Well, we need a kid to say, again, play ball in front of 20,000 people. A kid who's already chatty, that's probably a good get. Um, and of course, just like you know, working with kids sometimes they get shy, and you have to kind of coax it out of them. But uh, but yeah, there are you know wear the home team uh, colors, obviously, or jersey or shirt or whatever. Um, you would have to be dynamic to be kind of neutral as far as what your attire would be. Um, obviously, you want to root for the home team uh, to because that's what we're celebrating here. And um, and yeah, from there, just yeah, just have fun. And again, you know, as you know. You can put on a show of, to, hey, look, I am having fun, but you can tell kind of organically who the, the fun people are. And um, equally, as you probably also know, doing improv and things like that, you can also kind of pick up on, boy, that guy's doing a lot, and we should definitely not use him. Oh, so, of course, yeah. With yeah. that said, have you ever been interviewing somebody and they've said something that was a little whoopsie moment and you wish it could have been bleeped out? or, <laughs> uh, or... Yes, and... Uh, the, I'll give you the, the, the clean version, but yeah, um, we did a, a game at a fan fest previous to the season with the players, and obviously the fans eat that up because it's the players. Um, and it was kind of a, I think if I remember right, it was like a blindfold, um, you know, I'm sure it's a Jimmy Fallon game or something, but it's you get, you get a box, and you feel like, oh, what's in the, that's a, that's a, you know, spaghetti and meatballs, and you're like, yes it is, and then you get the next thing, and you're like, oh, that's a, that's a palm tree. And um, in the, and it's of course it's a race, you know, thirty seconds or sixty seconds or whatever. In his haste, he goes, "That's a," and he couldn't find the word for what he was trying to think of. He goes, "That's a, that's a," and he said a, you know, a curse word. He goes, "That's an effing uh, uh, coconut." And like, but, and this is in front of you know hundreds of people on a microphone. Like, yes, that is a freaking coconut. You know, just so, um, we, you know, so you know, for the most part, everybody glossed right over because it it's no big deal. But, um, but yeah, so there. are Every now and again, there are times like that, and you, you know, hopefully can diffuse it really well where nobody's, there's no harm, no foul. So. You, you got to modify, and as you said, add in freaking or <laughs> whatever yes, exactly. substitution. And now. also, as you know, it's like when you, when you do, you know, when there is an error on stage or, or whatever the case is, if you go back, it's like scratching the record. Oh, there was something, you know, keep moving forward. But in that case, it was, you know, endearing because, you know, it, it was a little more of a casual event. But yes, otherwise, it's just, nope, just keep moving. Nobody heard it. Nobody cares. Just keep going. The so. clock is ticking. Now, have yeah. you ever uh, fibbed up on something? Maybe not like a curse word, but just something where you've had a moment and you had to kind of like maybe laugh a little bit. Did the audience catch it? Or um, I don't know. I feel like I've had moments, but you know what? I think my hosting obviously is a little bit more. Um, we're very casual on our on the bus, mm -hmm. but you're in front of a lot of people. Have you ever had a moment like that? Or what so... would you do in a situation like that, I guess? 
So I'll tell you yeah, one of the bad things I did. Um, we were I was working for the Blue Jays, which is a uh, in Toronto, but their spring training is down here in Florida. And this was a couple years ago, but their their um, manager had left from the year before, and then he was the new manager for the team in Boston, the Red Sox. Well, in spring training, the Red Sox were in town playing Toronto, and while the guy is you know I'm sure loved by many, there was also that you know that used to be our guy. Well, he's not our guy anymore. So there's it's it's an exciting day to put it. You know, there's a little bit of energy in the ballpark. And uh, my role in the first inning was to hop up on the dugout. And part of the, the gag of the spring training is that, again, in Canada, it's freezing cold. But in Florida, it's 75. Um, and so part of our daily, like, shtick is the weather report. And you do Toronto's weather, and you do wherever the other team is from, you do their weather. And so I set this all up to tell you this. So, um, hey, you know, let's take a look. Oh, Toronto, it's... And I think we did it in Celsius because that's what. But I think you know it's it's uh you know, it's 24 in Toronto today. Let's look at Boston. Oh, Boston 23. I said Boston's below Toronto. And then Nate at you know whatever I was 22 found a joke real quick and was like, I can make this funny. So here's here it is again. So it's 24 in Toronto today. It's 23 in Boston. Boston's below Toronto. Well, kind of like they'll be below Toronto in the standings all season. <laughs> Half the stadium went crazy. Half the stadium booed. It was a full stadium, and it was just again like it was a zinger that I put together. You know, that it, you know, it was instantaneously, and I was like, "This is funny," and I went with it. Well, then the next morning, uh, the Toronto sports page, you know, essentially the the New York Times of Toronto, it's called the Toronto, I can't remember, it's Toronto Star or something like that. Their sports page, the first line said something about the game because oh, so and so manager now with Boston, blah blah blah, and the announcer foolishly stated that. Uh, They'd be below them in the state, or some something to that effect. That that you know, it's um, you know, kind of in this business, you never want to make the news. Um, and so our GM, God bless him, showed me a little grace and said he truly came up. And I tried to do the timing as well. He came up and he goes, "Hey," and I I sit there quiet because I know I'm getting reprimanded. And he goes, "Hey, just don't make the news." I said, "Don't make the news." He goes, "Don't make the news," and that, that was it. So oh. Because it wasn't again. It was it was a faux pas for sure. And yeah. So you know, again, kind of like I said, we can't control what's on the field. Equally, you know, when I'm doing my job, my back is to the field because I'm looking at you, the fan. I'm not out there. So again, kind of when you're directing your comments, don't direct them out to the field because Ooh. that's not what you do. So it, and again, it was a really good learning experience. Oh, I maybe I love a good roast joke. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Oh, just for just to put a button on that, uh, Boston won the World Series that year. So oh, hey. As wrong as possible. <laughs> um, so we're going to wrap up here in just a moment, Nate, but I do have a question for you. Last question, I think, is um, what are your goals, professionally and personally, really quick, for this coming year? Um, professionally and personally, um, keep doing this, yeah, you know, as long as this works um again thankfully this is an audio medium because this is running out of time uh he's pointing to his face face. (laughs) Uh, so as long as they let me do this i love it you know we get to give people memories and you know give a kid an experience that you can't buy um you know you pull them out of the stands you let them do something fun and and they remember that so um it's really it's fun and endearing and and, uh, you know kind of lights you up and so i really get energy from that every time we get to do it and I, I hope I get to do it forever but I know that's obviously not how this works um, and then personally again just my life is very good I feel very fortunate very blessed and um, as you know obviously um, there's not time for all those details but yeah things are really good on this side of, of things and um, 
yeah, I obviously hope to maintain that and, and get to share that with, with others as well. So new dad, Nate, where can people find you on the internet? What's your Instagram handle for everybody? It's first and last name, just Nate Corant. <laughs> Love it. Easy peasy. Real creative. Yeah. Um, Nate Corant, I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast this week. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Keith. This is great. Well, thank you for listening, folks. I'm your host, Keith Arthur, and this has been Career Expo, what you've always wanted to know. We'll see you next week for a new career. See you later, alligators. Mwah.